Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Colby. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner men. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight. Then retaliate. Put up your duke. Stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen it is a saturday morning so it's fight day you know what that means. It's throwing jabs time. Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones here. And it's been a while. It feels like it's been forever since we've done one of these. So much so we got to go all the way back to recap UFC 270. Starting off, let's start off with the Coleman event. Yeah. Devinson Figueredo. Did Jared, I'll give you your, your shine in the light. You, you, had, you had Fig getting it done. He was able to get it done. V unanimous decision. Since you picked it right, we'll start with you. What'd you think of the fight? Oh, great fight. Great fight. I'd watch these guys fight over and over again. Um just entertaining as hell. And I and I've always liked Fig. Uh 
Moreno's better than I thought. This this kid came. Uh, I thought he was uh, above average and good for you know his positioning. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter looked all right, but Fig was uh, another level for me. So um, I guess having these guys fight again, I'm still trying to figure out if uh, I'm still trying to figure out if Moreno's that good or Figueredo's not as good as I thought he was, kind of. You know what I'm saying? And I think these are both elite fighters. These are This is the type of fight where those guys beat most everybody else in the division, like we, like we talk about with Jan and Sterling or um, in some of the other weight classes where there's just not Holloway. Yeah. The next guy just... Wonderful fight. Yeah, maybe I, I think Kai Kara France is like the only other guy I want to maybe step in there. But uh, Joe, is this going to turn into the first ever four-time UFC fight? Well, I'm sure my brother's going to chime in and bring up Robinson and Lamada and the fact that they fought seven times because there was nobody good enough. Um, I I don't want to see these guys immediately fight, but I'll say this: look, they they've got an hour and a half of ring time together. I'm not sure who the better guy is. And me, me personally, I've picked the wrong guy in each fight. So uh, I, I I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm not sure if Figueredo's not as good as we thought or if Moreno really is at his level. What I'd like to see, honestly, is get guy two and four uh, or three and four in this division, do a little tournament, and let's see where we end up. That way, these guys can kind of both earn their way back to probably facing each other again. But they just can't keep fighting. It can't just keep. We're not going to do four, you know, three months from now. It, you know, it, it can't work that way, especially because if Moreno wins, then we're going to want to run back five. We're going to have to. So, uh, yeah, do a little a little tournament style thing and let's see what's what. Yeah. And a uh, good comment here about Tony. They're so even, evenly matched like Holloway and Volkanovski, right? But also, like, they are also that one illegal shot from Fig away from being Holloway and Volkanovski. They, they would have been so evenly matched, but maybe Fig would have taken those first two. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Funny I bring up Lamada and Robinson, and so then he brings up Volkanovski and Holloway. <laughs> I see yeah. how it is. All right. Uh, you guys, you guys each have one of these Askarov and Kara France. Uh, yeah. Give me Fig and Kara France, Askarov and Moreno, and then if they both win, run it back. But show me, answer that question for me. That's what I want from the USC right now. Is is I had Fig up here, Moreno in the upper echelon. Which one of these two things happened here? Because these two guys are evenly matched. So two other guys and show me that this is Holloway Volkanovsky. I agree with uh, with Tony's comment here. I agree with that. Um, but show me, UFC. Show me that. Don't have yeah. these two guys fight over and over and over because we're not sure yet. Askarov hasn't taken a loss yet. Like, let's sh show us that these are those two guys and then let us watch them again. Because you're right, Joe. Fig pulls it off. Now we have to run it back. Yeah, but uh, it, it's interesting because, I mean, even if it, 
really, if Fig isn't as good as we thought he was, we we do need to see some more blood because maybe the 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 gap isn't as big. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I both those guys, Asarov and uh, Kaikar France, I think need to get into the mix, and it could be. See, but I still think Volkanovski. If him and Holloway fought next weekend, I think they would they would go the distance, and I think Volkanovski would win again. Yeah, close. I think it'd be another three tour, but I, I, that's the difference. I think right now, in that one over this one is as close as they were. Like I said, as somebody who's a huge Max Holloway fan, he lost both fights. I, mean, I know a lot of, yeah, a lot of people ride the bitter bus uh, on that one. I won the second fight, and he didn't. Uh, it was just as close as the first fight, and just as frustrating if you're Max Holloway or a Max Holloway fan. Um. Tell That's those, the reality of it. Tell those guys Triple G's undefeated and see what they say. Those guys right. that say that, tell them Triple G's undefeated. Because yeah. uh, watch the fights. I'm not saying he is. Yeah. <laughs> Feels <laughs> like he should be. If you're making those arguments, though, you've got Canelo up here and Triple G just kind of filtering out of that. And did he look? I mean, the first one, man. I digress. All right, let's uh, let's keep things moving along. The main event. You know what? Real quick, maybe we should do a sideshow at some point, and and we can talk about the worst decisions and and how it affected certain fighters. You know, guys who maybe should be undefeated or should have had a win that that they got taken away, and what what kind of a difference that made for them. Well, and not always devastatingly. I look back to the Roy Jones, uh, the biggest robbery maybe of all time, and I think, did that have a hand in making Roy Jones Jr. who he was? That, ah, man, he was great. But, yeah, getting robbed like that and going home and crying it out, and, you know, when you rebuild, and I'm still going to be a fighter, and I'm going back, and I'm going to do this. Some ferocious things can happen inside of you. Who was the guy last week? Did he grow from that or not? We have to wait and see him fight to see if that was the real guy or not. Yeah, Roy grew from that. So you know, uh, those it, might be two different lists. Guys that got robbed and grew from it and guys yeah. that got robbed fell apart. Well, don't let it be lost on you that when he asked his opponent who won that fight, he was like, you did. Um, and, and cause Roy was like, yeah, I knew I won. Like I knew it. And that guy was like, oh yeah, no, you did. You totally did. I don't know why it went that way. Uh, cause we're in Korea, obviously that's why it went that way. But yeah. So, so I think Roy at least walked away knowing that guy knows, I know everybody watching, everybody in attendance knows those three people sitting there. They saw it a little different. That's Fair a, enough. Every time I hear that, it reminds me of Dizzle and I's, uh, fight. At Scrub Scraps, we went out there and without the helmets on, you know, I'm not trying to kill the kid. And it, it's, it just, we're, we're, it's a glorified sparring session. Um, one of the judges gave, gave Dizzle around and he, I like, he won't, it never go. <laughs> he know, like you're saying, he knows. I yeah. know that one guy who happened to be holding a piece of paper at the time, he didn't see the fight. He yeah, the only one that didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and Roy, it was that bad. Hey, I won, right? Yeah, yeah, you won. No, yeah, you won. Yeah, I'm positive. He said he would have been pissed if that guy would have said, no, I won the fight. And, like, immediately was like, yeah, no, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I'm, I appreciate I won, but yeah, it shouldn't have been. So that helped. Yeah. That yeah. definitely helped. Yeah. But all right. Turned into Roy Jones. If he hadn't, we wouldn't remember that fight. And by yeah. the way, uh, Tony commented in, in the comments as well. Uh, Prime Roy is the best fighter I've seen in my lifetime. I 100% concur with that statement. You know, and I, it's funny. I, I would have loved, I could have loved Floyd Mayweather if he would have, if he would have gone about business like Roy Jones Jr. did. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the b- whole business aspect of the fight game has been ruined by Floyd. What I mean to say is, I, what I loved most about Roy Jones Jr. was his ability to not get hit, his ability to, at times, taunt his opponent, stick his face out there for you to swing and miss at so he could counter left you. It, I mean, it was like a joke. He was on such another level against most of the guys that he fought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to to watch Floyd and to see the way Floyd fought. If Floyd was fighting the best and doing all that stuff, I I would be a big fan. That's what I'm saying. He he could have been in that mold, and I think maybe he thinks he is, but I I don't agree. Yeah, I mean, that's why everyone talks about him ruining boxing and all that stuff because of that business mindset and chasing the zero. But uh, let's get back to the recap of UFC 270 as uh, Francis Ngannou pulls out his first ever decision victory and also just pulling out wrestling and takedowns and slams just out of nowhere. Oh, and he he also had like an injured ACL and MCL, so uh, yeah. I I mean, if you can't give Francis Ngannou the respect now, he's got the belt and he's a free agent now. Joe, like, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess, and I know I've said this a couple of times in the last couple of years. You were right. Apparently, Francis Ngannou's a great wrestler. And apparently, Kabaro Usman had taught him some amazing things in a really short amount of time. And Francis, for his credit, uh, has certainly taken right to it. Uh, this was, this was, I'll put it to you like this, Chase. This was the best thing Francis Ngannou could have ever done to impress me. Because it would have been easy to knock Serial gone out. It would have been. Third round, fourth, any round. First round, any, any round. It would have just been easy. And I would have still said, eh, I'm probably right, though, Jace. That Gon's the better fighter. And that Ngannou's probably not better than Stipe or anybody, really, in that top five. Outside of the fact that he could knock people out. This is what I needed to see. And this is what he did. And I'm I'm I, I I'm so impressed by Inganu and the fact that he is I now think probably I'll 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 change my total assessment to he's the most dangerous person on the planet. Mm. The okay. size, the strength, and and his abilities, uh, where he's come from, a guy who couldn't get off his back against Stipe, that was bad. 
that who are you bringing to a street fight meme with all the different faces? Yeah, the answer is Francis Ngannou. I agree. Easily. I mean, j- not only not Dang only human being. not only for all, but he even just has the appearance of the scariest person on the planet. <laughs> and now that you know that there's no way to really get at him, good luck. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you invite a couple people to a fight. Well, come on, bring it on then. Ngannou, come here. I know nah, I was just I what did she say I told you stop talking to that man like that we she was just playing she was just playing dog <laughs> dude imagine if you had to fight Hercules and he's wearing boots thick thick boots <laughs> you're no chance you're done just like that oh but uh I mean you're right about the not even just laying on his back against Stipe Going from that to the worst performance ever in the UFC with him to Derek and Derek Lewis to to this, yeah. like it's crazy. If he can continue to grow and adapt, like what is the ceiling for this guy? I want to see him fight Derek Lewis again. His yeah. ceiling, Jace, is everything that I said about Cyril Gunn. I mean, you guys know when I said when I started saying Cyril Gon UFC heavyweight champion, people were saying who, and looking him up like I was talking about a volleyball player or something. Um, now, now it's kind of a household name, and I've been waiting for this. This was the guy he was supposed to beat. I had all my matchups and the way they're going to go. Five of them I picked. I was doing well. Usyk over Joshua. Nobody would have thought when I said it. And I would watch this again. I think these are the two best guys. I would honestly watch this again. I don't think you can give Gon the rematch right away. What has he done to deserve an immediate rematch? And Nganu, if he wins three, four, five fights in a row, I'm not going to be shocked. This was the best competition that the UFC had for him. Yeah. Was, was Cyril Gon. And, and you know, well, back to the most scary. If Francis Ngannou smacked my mom in front of me, I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Bitch, what did you do? Come on. <laughs> Leave that man alone. <laughs> Leave that man alone, mom. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, I think the only, like, next <laughs> logical step it's got to be John Jones has to enter the fray somehow, well, right? John Jones I, I has to want to talk about him. Can yeah, just... I'm sorry. I I, I I mean, all the what has it been like three this... years since he fought anybody? He, no, I'm sorry. I, I know. I'm but sorry, like... but listen, I I love John Jones more than probably anybody on this show, and probably more than anybody watching. I really, I probably do, but you you don't you can't just show up in a different division. Three years inactive and fight for it. You that, that doesn't work. Also, I think you'd be doing yourself if you're John Jones a terrible disservice. I think you got to get in the ring with a heavyweight first. Mm. Yeah. You, you got to see what that really feels like and yeah. then beat that guy. And then we'll talk about and then we'll talk uh, about uh, uh, Walt Harris, I'd watch most of these guys. Volkov, that all of that John makes sense with John Jones. What does he get this fight for? 
That bothers me because there's other people that all those guys I just named, let's deep a back in there. You said Lewis blades and Lewis are interchangeable for me. All of those guys deserve a fight more than John Jones. John Jones deserves a fight on Trilla. He yeah, should Tito Ortiz or something. Cause this is like, I'm not interested. It's not, if you're not, he's not a fighter. You know what it says? Inactive. Look him up anywhere. Inactive. Enough said. Well, just like this Henry Cejudo thing. Retired. If you're if you're not in the game, you don't get to just call the next fight. You don't get to fight for the championship. Uh, uh, John Jones. That was that. This was the Anderson Silva of that weight class. He's beating anybody there, hands down. It was Mighty Mouse, Anderson Silva. John Jones, those were my guys, and this is not my guy anymore. There's nothing about him that's my guy. He's retired. He's never going to fight again. If he proves me wrong, fine. <laughs> Until then, too much airtime for John Jones is a mention of his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, I get that, but I, I can, I, I, I've, I've said this since he's talked about going to heavyweight or since since he's brought it up i i think he's going to fight stipe and then take on nganu and that's probably if i had to if i had to guess that's going to be the end of john jones's career he's gonna fight stipe go after nganu if he wins the belt i maybe hold on to it but i don't know if he can should be interesting. I, I, I love that. Hold on. Fight. I love that in your fantasy world where John Jones hasn't fought in three years. He puts on 40 pounds. He beats the two greatest heavyweights in history back to back. And then probably I holds it for a while. Beat him. What? What? <laughs> you just said he was going to fight that to fight Stipe and Aganu, And then you thought he would hold the belt for a while. Which no, I said that, like that was, was no, going to be the end of his career. Those are going to be his last two fights. Oh, he's just going to retire. Yeah, because Francis is going to beat him, and then he's got nothing else to really do. And I think he beats him. Is Francis still going to be in the UFC by the time John gets back to active status? Oh, that's a good point Tony brings up. Francis going back to boxing for real money. But uh, I... Yeah, I mean his his contract. He does. He's no longer contractually obligated with the UFC, right? I, the, the the thing when that gets brought up, and I think Dana learned from the the McGregor thing. I think that was too much of a mess for him, so I don't think he wants to do that again. So yeah, I, I can. By the way, see Francis doing that. If you want to change my perception of Francis Ngannou as the baddest man on the planet, put him in a boxing match with Tyson Fury, and I guarantee I'll change my mind. And I'll say the scariest guy on the planet is Tyson Fury. See, but, okay. I, I don't want to see him fight Tyson Fury because, I mean, he doesn't deserve the – I want to see Francis versus Wilder. That's what I want to see. Yeah, but I guess His my question is, is if, if he's fighting – if he takes a fight with Tyson Fury, he's probably making 20 mil. You're not wrong. If he Ooh, fights Deontay Wilder, they're getting like six, seven. Yeah, but that's still good money. But if I'm going to go and fight a one-off for big money, quick, 
It's probably going to be the top dog. It's going to be the guy that's going to get me the most amount of cash. But do you think they would let a, someone from just the UFC come and fight the champion? Tyson Fury can do whatever he wants. I guess. I guess. Yeah, there's no commission in boxing. I guess. All right. Yeah, okay. I mean, speaking of Tyson Fury, I'm sure he'll come up on our who you got a little bit. But uh, let's move on to that. We wrote it last week when we were all snowed in in the Northeast. I still There was still some snow and some ice a little bit, so maybe some people are. The idea was top five most watched. And then it was top ten because we didn't have fights to talk about. Brought down top five most watched fights. Fights you can just sit down on a day off and just watch, enjoy, or if you haven't seen them, watch them for the first time because you need to watch them. Joe, what's your list? Who you got? All right. Well, uh, if you if you're the nostalgic type, you should definitely go uh, with Ali Frazier one and two. I'm just gonna combo though as one because if you're gonna watch the first, you got to watch the the second. It only makes sense. Uh, Gotti Ward, the first fight for sure. Uh, Bowen Holyfield, probably fight watch fights two and three if you really wanna you really wanna get it. Um, Who's not, who's not, if you're locked in your house and you love fighting and you've never seen Hagler Hearns, do it. And if you have seen Hagler Hearns, why not do it again? It's one of my favorites. Uh, and my, the, my final here on the top five, although honorable mention to any fight Max Holloway's ever been in, uh, would be Robinson Lamata seven. Oh, I like that. Is that a full boxing list, Joe? No. Mostly. Oh, God. This guy's after my heart. Whoo! How did I miss that? The mouthpiece battle. Corrales Castillo. Beautiful. If you haven't seen that, watch their first fight. My goodness. That was on my top 10 list. Whoo! At number that 10. Was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. All right. Jared, who you got? Uh, Gotti Ward one. I'm going to start with because Joe already said it. Um, one of them you just saw a few weeks ago. Any guesses? Fury Wilder three. Yeah. One of the greatest heavyweight fights you're ever going to see in your life. Um, as far as a fight, as far as skill goes, give me Ali Foreman. Uh, Rumble in the jungle. Now these are the two that you may not have seen that you definitely, definitely have to go back and fight. They both involve a guy named Courtney Burton. Uh, one of them, he fought a Emmanuel Augustus. Now, Emmanuel Augustus is my favorite fighter of all time. The most entertaining, drunken master. He dances around in there. He's got like 40 losses, but the guy's a monster. Uh, Floyd Mayweather said it's the toughest opponent he ever fought was uh, Emmanuel Augustus. So that's my favorite guy. He fought Courtney Burton. He whooped his ass and got robbed for the decision. If you've ever heard the clip, the one you'll recognize is uh, Teddy Atlas. The wrong guy won this fight. Uh, freaking out at the end of the fight. Courtney Burton, Emmanuel Augustus. Go watch it. Number one. Also, Courtney Burton. Oh, spoiler alert. Getting KO'd late by a guy who came up in weight. Took the fight late. Ebo Elder. 
Watch that fight. Ebo Elder versus Courtney Burton. Amazing, amazing battle between those two guys. Augustus Mickey Ward was a banger. You dead right, Tony. <laughs> Emmanuel Augustus was in a lot of great, great fights and doesn't have the acclaim because of his record. Yeah. All right. These are some solid lists. But, uh, all right, all right. I'm glad I went more of a UFC C list, though. I will say that because you guys, I, I, I figured you guys have boxing covered. So I will start off with my two boxing fights I have on there. I have Mayweather Pacquiao. That's more like a me thing. Uh, that was really the first fight I saw and like understood that boxing wasn't just punching in the face, it was more of the sweet science. So I got to put that on my list just for that factor alone. And then I got – I really wanted to put Wilder Fury 3, but I put Wilder Fury 1 because that is just a wild ride. You got Fury just doing his thing. And then at the end, Wilder pulls out that punch that everyone thinks stops the show, and then Fury gets up. And that just sets the foundation for the whole trilogy and just makes it that much enjoyable. So I'm going to start there. And now into the UFC ones. I know we just talked about them a little bit. I got to bring it up again. John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson won. When, uh, both, when both the fighters are getting carried into the locker room in like a stretcher, you, you know they put on a show. You know they put everything out there. And then that's what happened. John Jones got denied, but that that's one of those fights that uh, I honestly, if it went either way, it, it, I, I wouldn't be upset. And they just put it all out there. They were just destroyed. I think there's like reports of John Jones was in a wheelchair right after the fight in the back. So yeah, they just put it all out there and went to war. Speaking of war, I got Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald's nose all banged up, bloody. Robbie uh, Lawler got the like cut over his lip, like splitting apart. It was just straight war, straight madness, just blood, like the gladiator type stuff, Roman Coliseum type stuff. They were just going to war, and eventually, like Rory McDonald's couldn't do it anymore, couldn't breathe out of his nose because of all the blood in it. And uh, it ended in the fifth, but I mean that is just just pure carnage. And then my favorite fighter of all time, Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos. I'm gonna go two, but two and three, I think both kind of fit the mold here. This was the first time like we really saw a heavyweight. I mean, Cain went three rounds with Czech Congo, but I mean. This is the first time saw heavyweight come out, go five rounds, put the pace on you, and, and do that. And he just like just took control uh, right after that loss, right after losing the belt to get uh, by getting T KO'd by uh, Junior Dos Santos. He comes back, puts on a unanimous decision performance. Then in the third fight, just too much and just finishes it. But yeah, I mean, just seeing a heavyweight uh, in a in a Division that's ruled by knockouts, and at the time was, I mean, 
and, and like wrestling to see a guy just come in and just put that pace on you, especially at that at that big size and just constantly come forward. Yeah, I think that honestly changed the changed the whole game of the MMA to what we have today. I'm yeah. surprised you left out Whaley versus uh, Junchechik. Uh, yeah, whatever her name is. Good fight. That, that, that was, was uh, yeah, that another been on the top ten. You reminded me of Pete Sell and uh, Scott Smith. Not so much the whole fight as the ending, but definitely a much see a must see. Guy gets hit with a body shot, broken ribs. He's wandering over into the corner when uh, oh yeah, yeah, watch that. Pete Sell, Scott Smith. Yeah. One more honorable mention, if we're gonna though, uh, Barry and Congo. Uh, that fight is one yeah, that is. I've watched. That okay. fight, <laughs> my God, I bet you I, I watched that fight at least once a month. I love yeah. that fight. That was it's a great amazing. one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just the ebbs and flows. Like the point you think Pat Barry's knocked out, to the point you think Chuck Congo's knocked out, and it just keeps switching, and that just it is wild. Yeah, but there's just too many fights. Top five was hard. I mean, even top ten when we were going to do it last week was hard enough. But, yeah, I mean. And Volkanovsky Holloway, I think that's definitely one. Again, you want to watch a couple of bangers. Uh, you know, it's it's nonstop action. It's just. Oh, you know what else I just watched the other night was. um, Oh, geez. Bisbing and um, he got knocked out. Oh, um. Rockhold? Rockhold? Uh, no, because I hate Luke Rockhold, so I wouldn't have watched that one. He caught a short right from... Gaslam? No. Ah, just watched it. Oh, goodness gracious. It wasn't the Hendo one, was it? No. I wish I hadn't even brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, while you think of that, Joe... We're gonna let's take a quick break and we'll get back uh, preview the fights coming up today. So stay tuned. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Saturday night, UFC Fight Night, Hermanson versus Strickland features a main event between middleweights Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland. Let's break it down. Jack the Joker Hermanson is 33 years old. He's six foot one with a 77 and a half inch reach 
and a record of 22 and six with 11 knockouts and six submissions. From Udavela, Sweden, he took up Greco-Roman wrestling at the age of nine, and after winning the national title, transitioned first into Muay Thai and then into mixed martial arts. After a short amateur career, he turned pro in July of 2010, scoring a third-round knockout and quickly went 5-0 and all by stoppage before briefly joining Bellator, where he lost his only two fights for the organization by decision and submission, respectively. He bounced back with a third-round knockout of Enoch Torres, and after winning his next seven fights with five finishes, he finally made his UFC debut in 2016, scoring a unanimous decision over Scott Ashkem. He then won six of his next eight, losing via triangle choke to Cesar Ferreira and TKO to Thiago Santos before scoring guillotine choke submissions of Gerald Mearshart and David Branch and a dominant unanimous decision over Jacare Souza. After signing a six-fight contract with the UFC, he faced current number three contender Jared Cannonier putting up a decent performance in the first round before getting dropped in the second with an uppercut and finished with grounded pound. Eight months later, he made sure work of perennial contender Kelvin Gastelum, submitting him in the first round with a heel hook. After having two headlining events with Darren Till and Kevin Holland canceled due to medical reasons, he faced last-minute replacement Marvin Vittori, getting dropped in the first round and dominated on the ground by the Italian en route to a unanimous decision loss that nonetheless garnered him a fight-of-the-night bonus. After overcoming a bout with COVID-19, he returned on May 22, 2021, surviving an early assault from up-and-comer Adim Shabazian before steadily taking over and dominating with his wrestling and scoring a unanimous decision. A crafty striker, Hermanson has the ability to be effective from either stance and is great at setting up his powerful combinations through his use of feints. He's also among the best grapplers in the division, with four of his last six victories coming by submission. Sean Strickland is 30 years old. He's six foot one with a 76-inch reach and a record of 23-3 with 10 knockouts and four submissions. From Corona, California, he took up martial arts at the age of 14 in order to spend time away from his abusive household. He turned pro in 2008 at 16 years old in the King of the Cage promotion with a second-round rear naked choke. After going 13-0 with 10 stoppages, he made his UFC debut in 2014, scoring a submission over Bubba McDaniel. The following year, he suffered his first loss, a unanimous decision, to Santiago Ponsonibio, but bounced back with three straight wins, including a third-round knockout of Alex Garcia and a split decision over Tom Breeze before dropping another unanimous decision, this time to future welterweight kingpin Kamara Usman. After a brutal back-and-forth fight with Court McGee that was originally ruled a draw until a calculating error was discovered, declaring a decision victory for Strickland, he was knocked out in one round by a vicious spinning wheel kick by Eluz Dos Santos in May of 2018. He finished out the year with a second-round TKO over Nordin Talib, but was then involved in a devastating motorcycle accident, which resulted in a reconstructive knee surgery, followed by a two-year layoff to recuperate. He made his return in October of 2020 with a unanimous decision over Jack Marshman and followed that up with a savage beatdown of Brendan Allen, dropping him with a hard right cross, followed by a left hook which rendered him defenseless. In May of 2021, he defeated Poland's Krzysztof Jotko by decision, and on July 31st, 2021, he took on the always dangerous Uriah Hall, using a solid 1-2 and superior grappling to thoroughly outclass and dominate Hall and route to a unanimous decision victory. A well-rounded technical striker, Tarzan has good head movement and fights behind a solid jab, which he uses to set up his offense, lending at a rate of 5.4 strikes per minute. 
Will the heavy power shots and technical striking of Strickland be too much for Hermanson to overcome? Or will the world-class wrestling of the Joker prove to be too much as both men seek a chance to rise to the top of this stacked middleweight division? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Fight Night 200, and let's find out. All right. I, Sean Strickland gives me kind of like Anthony Lionheart Smith vibes for when he made the jump from middleweight to light heavyweight. I feel like... He made that jump. It's good for him. It's not like Kelvin Gastelum because, I mean, it wasn't that he, he was making weight at welterweight. He wasn't forced up here. But, yeah, I, I just feel like he's finding his groove. But, uh, Joe, what do you think of this, uh, how this is going to play out? It's going to be a really good fight, uh, number six and seven in the division. You know, I, the thing about Sean Strickland that, that really strikes me is is he doesn't really lose. You know, his losses have been uh, outside of, of two decisions in a, in a spinning wheel knockout. Uh, that's that's it in 27 professional fights. He's as tough as they come. I think the problem is he really hasn't had a chance to get in the ring with enough really quality people. You know, his last couple of fights, uh, he, he's, he's fought really well, but... Um, this is this a fight he needs. He needs to beat somebody like Hermanson, and that's no easy task either because, you know, again, Hermanson's one of those guys who, I mean, he has a resume that's very impressive. It's a little spotty, uh, but it's very impressive. You know, he, his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, his last eight fights are all with, with name fighters, like pretty big name fighters. Um, He's lost three of those, but he's in the ring with these guys. And, and you know, again, for, for me, he's such a well-rounded fighter. You know, he submits guys who go the distance. He'll knock you out, a guillotine choke, whatever you need. So, I don't know. I'm There's a bit of a toss-up. I'm going to pick Strickland only because I think it goes the distance. And I think uh, Strickland doesn't lose decisions. So, there it is. Well, all right, Jared, what you got? I I mean, this is uh, Joe said it. This is a tough, tough fight to call. Um, I'm not betting on this. God no, <laughs> no. I think if you do the plus one ninety on Hermanson is the way to go. Um, if you're, if you're flipping a coin, you always take the plus money and that's, that's, that's all I got here. Um, yeah. So Hermanson, that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, there was no follow-up to that. <laughs> Hermanson? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a really, really tough one to pick. Like I, 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 like I said earlier, I got those. Anthony Lionheart Smith vibes from Sean Strickland. Like, I by the way, like- these guys between the two of them have about a fifty percent knockout rate in their wins. So there's a there is a pretty decent chance that somebody yeah, could get slipped here. I think that's the. I don't think it's a, a likely likely outcome, but it would certainly be the most helpful one as far as these guys jockeying to get back into the top five. You yeah. know, so. 
that that well, could only help somebody. I, I mean, I again for me, I, if Hermanson goes the distance with Strickland, that's not helping him. No. If Strickland goes the distance and beats Hermanson, that's that's going to be good for him. I think Hermanson needs a knockout to really win the night. I think Strickland can win the night if he goes the distance and wins the fight that way. Like and that. if he does something super impressive, then I think he really gets the attention um and 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 and, and is maybe maybe a fight another fight away from a title shot. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, the middleweight definitely does need something new uh, going on because, I mean, un- unless we're going to go Whitaker, Adesanya again and again. But, uh, no, I, I think Hermanson can I- – I-, I think Hermanson wins this if he can really use that extra weight being a natural middleweight. I think if he can, like, lean on him, go in, grapple with him, get him to the ground, maybe cinch in a choke. But, but I do think Strickland just carries this. I think he's this is just a better weight class for him, and I think he he weathers everything Hermanson has. And I think Strickland is going to be that next guy that we get up there and in, in the title title talks. I think he might be the new no new blood. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, all right. I I, I think he's going to be like a, like like Anthony Smith was. Real quick, too, by the way, the fight I was talking about, and I was wrong, is it wasn't a knockout. He knocked him out, and then he it was uh, the Georgia St. Pierre fight. Okay. Uh, and it was a really great fight. Yeah. He clipped him, and then he went down, and then he ground a pound at him, and he was beating the bejesus out of him, and then he ended up giving up his back, and he choked him out. But that was a really great fight, and I don't think it was one. I don't think I had seen that one before. Yeah, that one's crazy because in the first round, uh, who is it? I think George is on bottom, but he's just elbowing the crap out of Bisbing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a bloody fight. That was a really bloody fight. But that's a that's definitely a fun one. Uh, and again, one sort of fresh on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have been a little drunk. That's why I couldn't remember <laughs> the end of it. Oh yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, the last fight. Ever in lockdown for George St. Pierre. Yeah, that's a great fight. All right. Um, speaking of fights, great fights. Fight of the night. Uh, I know the the UFC fight night. It's all right, but uh, I'm actually looking at boxing for my fight of the night. I got Thurman versus Barrios, baby. If, if. Mario Barrios doesn't win this fight. Manny Pacquiao jumps up for me. Uh, Keith Thurman was supposed to beat Manny Pacquiao. He didn't. I had him up there on this level. Barrios put up a hell of a showing against uh, Tank he just fought. Yeah. Um, I like Barrios here. I'm taking Barrios in that fight. A uh, great fight, though, and do we know Pacquiao's the loss? So do we know with Thurman? No, but we're going to find out. Barrios proved we're going to find out, and I take Barrios, and I'm putting him on my, uh, putting him on a few round robins, too. So Mario Barrios I like at plus 170. Yeah, all right. 
Uh, also, Leo Santo Cruz is on the is on the co-main event, and he's great he's, boxing he's, matches. There are a list of yeah. great boxing matches on these cards. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you know here here's a fight uh, on this UFC fight card. Uh, Brendan Allen is fighting. I've always liked watching him fight. He's fighting Sam Alvey, and here's the thing about Sam Alvey: he's literally lost like seven fights in a row. I can't even imagine how this guy's still getting fights. <laughs> he, I kid you not, he's lost uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights since September of 2018. Um, had won the two previous and then had split the two previous before that. His his big claim to fame is he beat Rashard Evans. That's it. Like made yeah. a career off of that. This guy shouldn't be fighting. And it was like he Rashad should... Evans' like last fight too. Yeah, he should be fighting in the prelims. You know what I mean? Like, how's this guy on a fight card? All he and he gets knocked out a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a highlight reel like a. He's a highlight yeah, you know him guy. from your fighter from your favorite fighters <laughs> knockout videos. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Taking oh. the mantle from uh, Alistair Overeem. Like you need someone to knock out, call me. Yeah, and they, he like shaves a smiley face into the back of his head. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess uh, when you do stuff like that, you're easy to knock out. I don't know, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, so that's gonna do it for today's show. Except for my fight of the night. Oh yeah, what's your okay? Jared? Um, now, I'm just being mean. I'm going to warn you ahead of time that this is, this is, I'm just being mean. Don't lose a bunch of money. Maybe five bucks. But uh, the fight I'm really waiting for, you guys know it's on that five list. We now lost Cyril Gone. Ah! Clarissa Shields and Savannah Unana. But tonight, we get Emma Cosen. At plus 1,600, be careful with this one. She's a touch bigger. She's got a whole fist full of belts. She's undefeated. Be careful with this one. Clarissa Shields, fight of the night. She might get upset. Pin that to a few things. Plus 1,600 is a good number. This is going to be a lot closer than that, I think. muted all right you you definitely have some beef with carissa shields i will say that jared <laughs> she's just <laughs> all right but uh yeah all right so that's gonna do it for the fights uh solid solid fight card solid boxing and everything tonight so make sure you check those out and tune in next week as we recap them but uh yeah that's going to do it. Thanks for Annie Mac Mortgage and JPEX Financial for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you go check them out. And big shout out to Clovercrest Media for putting this all together. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch of great other podcasts, not just sports, true crime, political, anything you got. And if you want to start your own, start it there. Clovercrestmedia.com. Make sure you check it out. And uh, for myself, Big Jace, Joe Guire, Jared Jones. 
we uh, we're gonna end the show like we always do. And Jared, hit us with that flurry, brother. Um, after I heard Tom Brady retired, I was was thinking it's funny that we all have these generational talents that that were huge for us that may or not may or may not be the the same, you know, or get harder and harder to remember and carry on their name as we as we move on. It got me thinking about people like uh, Joe Namath and Fran Tarkenton, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw. And I was thinking, you know, someday you'll be out there and you'll be tossing a football around with some little kid and you'll make a Tom Brady reference and the little kid will look at you like he doesn't have any idea what you're talking about and he'll ask who's Tom Brady and you'll look at him like he's disrespected the entire game of football and like he he has no history and no culture and no education and um I just want to remind people to be fair to that little kid because it's the same way most of you just looked at me when I said Fran Tarkenton thanks guys Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth and retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Beak, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.